I'm Alex Trepchinski. I'm Angie Check. I'm Barbara Stewart. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I'm Marin Green. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Valerie Jacobson. And this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. My guest today on the Holistic OBGYN Podcast is somebody who's become a dear friend of mine. We were connected through Josh Trent, a mutual friend, back in 2021. She's one of my favorite people I've met over the past 12 months. I've met so many amazing people and they just keep on coming. It's like you put out good energy into the world and good people just come knocking. And Aaron is Aaron is no exception. Aaron Smith is the founder of What We Crave, which is an online summit. And it's really, the, the moniker is the Emotional Eating Summit. But you have to think about if we're eating or treating our bodies in some way that is certainly not in line with what we know is best, then why are we doing that? Are we craving something else? Are we eating our feelings, in other words? And that can manifest in all sorts of ways, behavioral disturbances, sleep disturbances, the way that we, that we engage and connect with our family, with our kids. What are, we, what are we really craving out there? And that's what her summit is all about. So we're definitely going to talk a little bit about that in the episode. She can be found at That Health Chick on Instagram. She also has another account, Spontaneous Halos. The, the moniker for, for Spontaneous Halo, Halos is because kindness changes everything. And I can say that without a doubt, Erin Smith is one of the, the nicest people I have ever met. And she is the ultimate connector. So through her, I've met so many rad people that are just like her, just like me, but also challenge me to be better. You know, they're not just, it's not just an echo chamber. She attracts so many good people into her life. And uh, I can't recommend you follow her enough. I'm going to leave the episode to itself to really advertise itself because it is a, um, a wide ranging conversation. We really talk about a lot of Erin Smith's own healing uh, journey and her health challenges and how she has been working for decades to, to, to correct some of those things. And a lot of that requires not external inputs like biohacking and supplements and whatnot, but that is a part of it. It's really about looking inward and really figuring out what is it that we need. And that's what her whole mission is about. What is it that you need? And it might be something at the body, spirit, soul level or the mind, body, spirit level. And I just, I'm just so excited to have her on the show. She was kind enough to give us an hour of her time and um, I'll let the conversation speak for itself. This episode is sponsored by Needed, which is a prenatal nutrition company. They're also a sponsor of the show. Well, they, they of course, they're a sponsor of the show. But they, um, we just did an interview uh, with Julie Sawai, who's one of the co-founders. You can check that out. That was episode 51. You can save some money going there, buying the, some of the best prenatal vitamins on the market. But they also have some tonics for sleep, for energy, for hydration, etc. So that's thisisneeded.com. Use code BELOVED and you'll get a big discount. If you want to buy their full nutrition plan, the first three months gets $100 off using code BELOVED100. And then we're also sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is non-GMO, glyphosate residue-free, fully organic. They are what Drew Canoli's put together at Organifi is, is an outstanding product line. They only have a handful of, of products, but every single one of them is gold, truly is. So pour yourself a glass of Organifi's green juice, red juice, yellow juice, whatever it is that you're, you're craving right now. And please enjoy my conversation with the one and only Aaron Smith.
Aaron Smith, that health chick in the house. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I want to first start off by just talking about a little bit, a little bit about this platform you've created called What We Crave. So let's just start there. Let's dive right in. Remember, we're a women's health centered podcast, but in order to care for women, we have to care for men and we have to care for, in order to care for men, we have to care for women. And if we want to fix the world, we have to fix everything. So uh, I think you're doing a, a good stellar job of that. So So let's talk about what we crave. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's all interconnected, right? I mean, what we crave started from my own shit, literally. You know, I I never would have thought that um, this would have happened to me because I've been in the health space in holistic health for 15 years. Uh, You know, I work with Zach Bush and Dr. Pompa and all these amazing doctors that know about holistic health, and yet I still had stuff that I wasn't looking at. And, um, cause I was so focused on health and how incredible it is and just all just, and then all of a sudden I get put into these toxic work life situations and I'm like eating like uncontrollably numbing out with food, even though it's healthy food, I use it, use it for a crutch for a long time. And to the point yeah. where it got so bad that I, I was like, what is going on with me? Cause I know better. I'm in the health space. I know better and I'm still doing it what am I not looking at? Like, where are my blind spots? So I just got really curious about like, what is going on? Cause I black, I would black out and eat all the things. And I'm like, is anyone else struggling with this? Cause like, I'm, I know about health and I'm still struggling. And I just started doing some, uh, I started interviewing people. Um, cause I know, you know, so many doctors and, you know, like yourself in this space where they just have so much information. I'm like, I need to pull all of this together and I need to get this out to the world because I know, especially, with women and, you know, and men too, but mostly women, we like, we, we feel hard. And, and I was feeling some stuff and I, God, I was just like, there, there are so many deep answers that, that no one's talking about with emotional eating and stress eating and cravings and food addiction. And what's actually at the root. Cause a lot of women were like, I had a bad day. I, I, I grabbed the ice cream. I don't know why I do it. And I'm like that right there. There's so much to say with what the heck yeah. is going on? Where are we not loving ourselves? And there's, oh my gosh, the, it goes so deep. It goes so deep and it has nothing to do with food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that you, you're also friends with Mark Groves. You've interviewed Mark Groves. He's become a yeah. really good friend of mine. He's, yeah. I think he's still in your town actually, Coeur d'Alene. And yes, he is. Yep. And his partner, Kylie, I've gotten to know them, you know, quite a bit. And Mark especially is using his platform to talk about how we can you know, develop healthy relationships. But I think the most important relationship is the relationship we have to ourself and connecting to ourself. And like, what do we really need? And if you go out in your yard barefoot and you let the breeze wash over your bare chest, I mean, I guess if you're a woman, you have to worry about, you know, free the nipple, but Mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to go out in their yard barefoot and topless, regardless of uh, whether you have breasts or not. <laughs> They're all nipples, right? You know, and yeah. uh, you know, connect with nature, get some sunshine and like close your eyes, put your hands over your heart or your lower dantian and just feel like feel. And, and it, all this information starts flooding to you whenever you're actually connected to the ground and the cosmos and everything in between through your heart. And that simple practice has taught me so much about what I'm needing. And, uh, and, and you're right. Like I get hungry and I go down and I grab the most convenient thing and it might be healthy fruit or it might be whatever. Like I, I use Organifi a lot now and, um, I'll scoop like some other green juice into my smoothie shaker and I shake it up and I go right back to work. Well, what am I really learning through that process? Yes. I'm putting the right things in, 
but am I really giving myself what I need? Maybe what I need is to like go and lay down. Maybe what I need is like a hot shower, a cold bath, cold plunge or something like that. So, so how have you then incorporated all of this information? I mean, you know, you're knowing you're, you're, you're throwing up big names, Pampa, Zach Bush. Um, and I know that you've connected me with a wide variety of other people. As you learn that information, how do you, as Aaron Smith, how do you incorporate that? Like, how are you listening and what lessons have you learned? Mm. How have I listened? How am I listening and what lessons have I learned? There's so many. And that's, you know, starting it off with that is I was so, number one, I was, I was totally unaware. I was so unaware because I'm like, Mm. I'm this health nut. I know everything. And here I am, you know, living my life, that sales life, right? And this is before, this is like eight years ago, long time with my first company I worked for. And I was like, just on airplanes and cold, like empty hotels and fluorescent lights. And, but I was on this mission to like spread information about health. And, and yet I was going so freaking fast. I had no awareness that I was not, I was so disconnected from myself. I had no freaking idea. Um, I just, I was like, go, 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 go that young, young hustler, career woman, boss, babe, you know, vibe. And I, and I was completely disconnected from myself and it took me 10 years of disconnection and a 30 pound weight gain roller coaster of like emotional eating fasted off. Like I, oh man, we'll talk about that. Shame fasting. Like, yeah, cause yeah. I knew how to fast. I knew the power of fasting and I would like, oh my God, I just gained all this weight. Cause I would be in keto cause I was trying keto and all the, you know, just all the diet dogmas that we, we see everywhere. And I would mm. gain the weight and I'd fast it off. And then I would, I mean, I was so unaware that I, like there was other things going on within myself that there's a whole list, but long story short, I mean, well, there's so many, but you know, I think it took me living in California, a massive, you know, we all have our massive like moments where you're like, this isn't working and your soul starts to really speak up and you keep getting hit with these little winks and, and little pebbles and boulders and then meteors from the universe. And that started happening to me where I had this beautiful opportunity to come home and leave California and actually witness my sister who did a home birth, her third baby. And I had an, my lease was up and I had an opportunity to take it and work remotely in Washington state. And this is before COVID. And something in my heart was like, unplug, go back to the mountains, go back to the lakes. You've been in California too long, like long enough. You've learned all these things. It's time to unplug and just ground. And I, for the first time in my life, I was like, what? I love California. I'd never leave. There's so much health and fitness. And, but there, it was, I was, I wasn't, it was, there's was so much distraction, even though it was healthy distraction, there was so much distraction so something in me finally was like, you need to unplug, girl. You need to unplug and ground and sleep and change jobs. Yeah. And so I, once I finally listened, I actually became aware that there was a voice inside of me that was trying to speak up and then actually honored it. Then I came home. I realized that it was all a reflection of what was going on on the inside. And I was thinking someone else was going to save me or do the work that I needed to do. And it's like, I was like, no, I got to be my own hero. Like I have to look at my shit. I have to look at where I need to do the work. What what is the work that I need to do? And no one's else going to is going to do it but me. And so I just started leaning into okay, what what am I what do I need? I, I just one thing just kept coming after the next. Just little winks and little little people in my life would drop in 
I started to um, just take it one step at a time and just kept listening. And I think you just have to get quiet enough. And we don't do that enough. Like, like you said, yeah. getting out in nature, putting your hand over your heart and just listening to yourself. I never did that. I was never in a space where, you know, growing up, my mom was, she sacrificed everything for the kids. It was, she had no boundaries, you know, never took care of herself, never had self-love or self-care or compassion or moments to just slow down and, and love yourself. We never had that. It was just hustle, no. you know? And so I, I learned that at a young age, like self-care comes last. And so it took, it took that long of 10 years to figure out that like, it's all here and like, it's all starts with your love for yourself. And I never really understood what that meant. Like I never understood that meant seeing yourself and loving yourself the way you would like my nephews who are the loves of my life. Like, do I see myself the same way that I see my nephews? Am I loving myself the same way that I would my nephews? And the answer was no, no, I was so disconnected Hmm. from seeing my divine freaking power and my divine being that I am like Zach talks about that all the time. We we're not even seeing that we are freaking the universe inside this body. Like we, we just think, Oh, we we're females and we have babies and you have a baby and go back to work after three months. And, you know, you know, typing on your, you know, laptop while you're breastfeeding on one, you know, just this, this like, Oh no, back to work. And I'm, everything's fine. And we don't even have we don't even honor women and their bodies and the, and men too, but like the amazing creatures that we are and we don't, we don't see ourselves. And so when I started to actually see myself, life started showing up for me in ways that where the weight came off naturally, I naturally wanted to take care of myself. I naturally wanted to slow down. I naturally wanted to get out into nature and all the toxic shit that I'd been around my whole life just started to dissolve all the people in my life that were people that were toxic naturally fell away and I was okay with it. Like you just start becoming, you step into this person that was always there, was just buried underneath all this stuff. And I just, the moment sure. I, I was yeah. like, oh, I see myself. I started doing these interviews. I'm like, I see my power. I see my, I see, I see it. I, st- I really just like harness that. That's when life started showing up for me. So I feel like when you start showing mm-hmm. up for yourself, and you start listening, life starts showing up for you. And that's what happened. And then, you know, two years later, this the summit's been out for two years. And um, I keep adding interviews to it. But there's constantly just gold everywhere. It's the same stuff you're talking about. But it, but it, you know, for me, it's like, oh, it shows up as emotional eating when we're disconnected from it. When we're disconnected right. from right. the physical, the mental, the emotional, sex, love, connection, nature, you know, presence, um, purpose, all those things. Well, like Aaron, I uh, am quite an exercise fanatic. I used to be a lot more than I find myself in a state of adrenal fatigue. And it's probably because I wasn't sleeping enough. I was eating hospital food. I was in residency at the time. So not no sleep, poor nutrition, poor water, just not doing it right. And um, if you're working out as hard as people like me and Aaron, you got to replenish afterwards. And one of my favorite things to mix up right after on my super duper busy schedule is Organifi's Complete Protein. I like vanilla. I also have chocolate, and I enjoy chocolate in smoothies. I like the vanilla. Pure and simple, right as, just as it is. In addition to a variety of 
different protein sources, they also include digestive enzymes, which actually the purpose of that is to help your, your body break down the product and absorb as much of it as you can. If you're going to go to GNC and get even the top shelf stuff, that like 100% whey, and it's just like loaded with all kinds of stuff in the label that's like all these weird chemicals and emulsifiers and all this stuff, a lot of that's getting pooped out. <laughs> it goes in and it comes out, and uh, you don't absorb much of it. So so the team at Organifi has included a variety of sources of protein, but they've then added absorption enablers to help break down the proteins and the fats and, and the sugars that are in the uh, the product. So go to Organifi.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% on your purchase of the Organifi Complete Protein. Like I said, I like vanilla. They also have chocolate. It's excellent. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash beloved. I wouldn't be recommending it if I didn't use it myself. This is a really, really, really good product. I love it so much, and I think you will too. So again, go to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash beloved. Save 20% on your first purchase of Organifi's Complete Protein. Let's get back to my conversation with Aaron Smith. So I did all my training out in California, and as we mm-hmm. continue to electrify and expose our populations to increasing radio waves and big cell phone towers and 5G and 6G yeah. and 7G and whatever the hell this is to come, there is a distraction from the the intuitive nature that we carry with us as divine beings. We are beings of light. And I, I've gone into to some deep medicine ceremonies in which I've experienced the other side, and it is it is a vibratory powerhouse like we are all just vibrating and that's okay down to the subatomic level there is a vibration and if we put any interference into that pattern it it does disrupt our ability to connect with ourselves and with others which is why when you leave california and you go off into the mountains you're like whoa i suddenly feel better it's not a problem with california necessarily it's that we're not able to connect with who we are because we're still chasing that Right. That, like you said, the boss lady, the, you know, whatever boss bitch, whatever, whatever the, the, the Instagram caricature of is of a successful woman, you're not going to be necessarily regaled with praise and with honor for the ability to create life from de novo, from within and provide safe passage for this baby and then to feed that baby and to nourish our masses. You're expected to do everything else in addition to that. It's not good enough now to just to be a feminine force you have to also be a masculine force right and um, while i was out in california there's a great book on this topic of emf and everything it's called the invisible rainbow which is it's a beautiful book by arthur furstenberg it's a big book it's like 500 pages but there's like a thousand references in the back and it really makes you wonder about how you know how are we supposed to regain our health when we're not able to connect with ourselves and the other thing I wanted to bring up is that as you interview more and more successful people in the wellness space, I'm using air quotes on my end intentionally, we, we sort of look to them as gurus. And anybody out there who's actually practicing holistic coaching or, or even a physician or a midwife or whatever who's bringing their skill set into the space to help women heal, the more and more that you talk to them, the deeper you get into this conversation, the more you realize nobody has any clue what they're doing. We're all just trying to keep the wheels on. And some of us are doing better than others because we've been listening and we are we hear somebody like, I don't know, Zach or Mark or even you. I mean, you post so many great things on Instagram. If you're not if you're just flipping through Instagram looking for like the next hot photo or the the cool fashion or whatever, you know, cool meme about some TV show. 
you miss out on the opportunity for somebody to be sharing an important piece of their strategy for trying to keep the wheels on. And so even in my own podcasting, I consider myself pretty darn honed in on my own health. If I interview people like you or, you know, Kyle Kingsbury or, or Mark, you know, Mark Groves is coming on the podcast and I, and I, I realize like, okay, I feel better knowing that this other person is also on this journey. Right. And if we think somebody has it all figured out through this right supplement or this or that, like you've got it wrong. There's no silver bullet. You have to be able to slow down and connect with you. When I was in residency out in LA, I was at Kaiser in LA for my four years of brutal residency. And I remember about halfway through, I developed rigors sitting on the couch. I was drinking a beer and my wife was like, wow, you're getting sick or something. I was like, yeah, let's just go to bed. You know, I, I just must have a GI thing. Woke up the next morning, was sweaty as hell, went to work, happened again two weeks later, happened again two weeks after that. And when I got blood work and the doctor was like, you're totally fine. I don't know what you're worried about. Your blood pressure's high. And I was like, why is my blood pressure high? And your hemoglobin A1C is a little elevated. Why is my hemoglobin A1C elevated? They're like, yeah, just, you know, diet and exercise. And mean, in the meantime, I was eating a strict paleo diet. I was on and off keto. I go into ketosis like like mm -hmm. overnight. And well, we all do, but I, my, like, I can maintain that for weeks and I'm just eating fatty stuff, you know? And so I was doing that. I was doing CrossFit. I wasn't getting any sleep. I was like, I got the shoulders, the back muscles, the abs, the obliques. I had it all, but I was falling apart. Yeah. And it was because I wasn't listening to my body's need to rest and digest. And, um, and that just, just goes to show, like everybody thought it was the picture of health. And here I am right. with a, a severe adrenal fatigue. So that anyways, I didn't too. mean to, to, to tangent that, but yeah, clearly we have a very similar story. Oh yeah. Oh, I was the epitome of health at 30. I, I you know, I was like all the things too. And I was pulling, had to pull over on the side of the 405 freeway just to take a nap in the middle of traffic because literally I would park it on, on the freeway because I would crash so hard yeah. from adrenal fatigue, from the lack of sleep, overworked, overworking out, infrared saunas right. twice a day, you know, just, just nuking myself and totally disconnected. And it was the healthiest I had ever been and the unhealthiest I had ever been on the inside. And so, yeah. And, and then it swung the other way with keto. You know, I used that I was just eating all the food because keto was, you know, I was felt so good on keto at that point. And then I was like, let's go crazy with keto then because it was like, well, fat doesn't make you fat. So let's eat all the things because it's healthy and it's good for you. So it, it, it again, it was just me in denial of I got some deeper stuff going on. And so it doesn't matter if it's one way or the other way. It's like I was I was just using it as a as a crutch to numb out and cuz I I wasn't I wasn't yeah. paying attention. I was completely unaware of what was going on on the inside, which yeah, was worthiness and all kinds of things which we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. So let's start let, let me start by asking a physiologic question. During all of that time during this health journey, were you having normal cycles? Were you having regular periods or did that start to go awry as well? You know, when I was in my lean and shredded ripped phase, no fat, vegan, all of that. I lost my period for a year because it was too, I took it too extreme. Wow. And my doctor yeah. was like, girl, you need to eat a steak. You need some fat. And I was like, <laughs> what? This was when it was South beach diet, you know, dogma. Well, and, um, sure, sure. I had no, I had no fat in my brain. So I was totally just anxious and just like bouncing all over the place. And couldn't breathe. I was, cause you know, just your whole body's in fight or flight. Yeah. I was a wreck. I was a total wreck. And then that's when I tried keto. Your body goes into a state of breaking itself down mm -hmm. faster than it's rebuilding. And you go into all sorts of states of disrepair. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. 
No, and that was my, but I was, I was so passionate about health and that was my badge of honor. And it was like, the more I worked out harder, the harder I pushed myself that badge of honor that I was trying to gain somehow, you know, sub subconsciously, I didn't even realize it, but that traced all the way back to my childhood with a mom who had no boundaries and would work herself to the bone, never stop to rest. And then a dad who was extreme Christian, who was like, if you don't, if you don't follow my rules in my house this way, you're going to hell or, you know, you're out. And so it was like, do this or you're out. So I was, I ended up attracting bosses in my life. Again, this is before, this is like a long time ago before I started working for Zach or Dr. Pompa. So it's like a long time ago, but I would attract bosses that would push my, would, would show up in a way that would test my boundaries. And so it was like a mirror for me to be like, girl, you need some boundaries. You need some self-love. I, I, I didn't see it. That approval I was seeking from my dad would show up in my relationships. It would show up in my work. And it was constantly right there in my face. All these toxic bosses, you know, like you do this or you're out. And instead of me standing in my power and going, no, I'm not going to be treated like that and having a boundary, I'd be like, okay, sure. I'll work till 4 a.m. And all, you know, whatever you need, sure, just to keep my job because scarcity was in my family. Well, if you don't keep your job, then you lose your job, then you're out. You know, all of these parallels right. from childhood and all of the, from my mom, even from when she, I was, she was pregnant with me to my dad as a child and all this subconscious wiring played into all of this, you know, it's like, I, it was just such a beautiful mirror for me that I didn't see at the time. And now looking back, I can see it. But that's, you know, the summit was able to bring all of that up and con condense all of these things in one really nice week long mm. experience. But um, I didn't know. I didn't know. Had no clue. Do you feel like in the time during which you were in your most lean and shredded state, do you think that that was driven by a sense that if I'm not popping out a 12 pack and able to run you know, long distances and lift heavy and have perfect hair and perfect skin that I'm not worthy as a participant in this conversation. Oh yeah. I mean, living in Orange County, that's all you see is perfection. <laughs> that's right. And, yeah, but yeah. at first it was really inspiring because I was like, I love beach volleyball and beach sprints and paddle boarding. And I love, I'm an athlete, so I love all of it. But little did yeah. you know that you're like, oh, awesome. You feel like you're constantly in competition with everyone. And so, yeah, it was me it was me completely not knowing my own worthiness. And because when you know that you're like, great, you're awesome. Good for you guys, but I'm going to just do me. You don't, it's just constant comparison. And it is, it is a toxic, it is a toxic environment, even though it's an amazing environment down there and there's beautiful people and amazing people down there. But the lifestyle is, it's, it's pretty toxic. And that, that, that definitely, again, it was a mirror for me to be like, oh, I'm seeking yeah. approval outside myself once again. Versus just yeah. standing in my power. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So in that environment, let's say you went out to one of those fancier, I'm guessing you're in the Anaheim area. Is that where you were living? Uh, Newport Beach. Newport. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so really, oh, <laughs> That's yeah. the reaction right, right I get a lot. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I used to, you know, we lived in LA and then San Diego and that whole experience yeah. of being on these beautiful Pacific Coast beaches, uh, you know, had a, it had a lot of perks. The problem was that... <sighs> I became so obsessive over what was going into my body that I would feel in, in immense guilt or shame. Like there'd be negative self-talk that arose if I had that slice of cake or whatever else. Now, that's not to say that you need to go out and like snarf every crappy 
baked good, you know, in sight as a, a sign of appreciation or self-love. That's not also not self-love. But if you're shaming yourself and feeling bad, and then like you said, you kind of, I think, alluded to this, but you go into like a sh- shame drives you into like, I'm just going to do keto for a week because I feel bad about those calories I took in on Saturday at, the, at a party or whatever. Does that resonate at all with you having been in that Southern California? Oh, 100%. I mean, a lot of my girlfriends, like we would have a gluten-free slice of cake and it was like, oh shit, I just want to bite because, or, and then it's like, can we go walk five miles? Because I need to walk that cake off. You know, it was constant shame and like, stay, stay, you know, if you're not on top, like someone's going to leave you for someone else because there's always something better. The grass is always greener on the other side or, you know, there's something on the other side waiting, you know, that there's so much to choose from. There's women and men everywhere that you, if you don't, if you don't compare and you're not up here, like you're out, you know, again, it's just that worthy, like there's no, it's all external. It's all external. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's amazing that we're so motivated by how people see us. You know, we're both good looking people. I'm sure we, you know, you clearly look good in a sports bra. You're all over Instagram. Like you still have the physique. But and, and I feel like I, I have maintained a physique that I'm proud of as well. It's not quite what it used to be, but I ended up in adrenal fatigue given how hard I was working, right. coming from an Ironman background and all this other stuff. But um, it's amazing that we can feel like we're doing all of the things that make us look good on the outside, but as above, so below. And it's amazing how so many people are doing all the things to have that physique, like me and you included, not realizing that until we feel we figure out what's going on on the inside, right? In the heart, in the mind, in the spirit. Until we figure out what's going on the inside, whatever we're exuding on the outside is never going to be good enough, period. Like you could work out all day. You could eat only fresh vegetables and grass-fed beef every single meal, every single day, follow all the dietary guidelines. But if you're not comfortable with what's going on in the inside based on the programming, which I'd love to talk a little bit more about and the indoctrination that our parents and our ancestors and society at large has kind of programmed us with, I don't know if there's any way out. It's this, it's a, it's a separate rat race where you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses while inside you're just a puddle of tears and shame and guilt about whatever it is you did 15 minutes ago, let alone 15 years ago. So you mentioned a little bit about your your Christian upbringing. I know that there's a lot of shame within Christian theology, which is why I've never really ascribed to it. It's not to say that it should be totally pitched out, but this whole like binary of heaven or hell, which way are you going? And if you're not doing it right, you're going down this, this hellbound pathway. How did the Christian upbringing and perhaps how your parents taught you to treat yourself, how did that, mm. let's dig into that a little Ooh, bit. How yeah. did that play out for you over, over your life? Oh man. Well, it's funny because it, it still comes up in my subconscious. I've been working on it a lot, but it, you know, there's moments where even today it still comes up. It's pretty deep in there and it's been, it's been deep in there uh, with my dad. Um, my mom was very much unconditional love, was fully accepting of me no matter what. Like she's the Italian mom. Like you can never do anything wrong here, honey, have some brownies. You having a bad day, you know, but my dad, I mean, I remember this just surfaced in a recent um, dating relationship I had that was like, I was like, oh, okay, noted. That was a gift to like make sure that I'm aware of this. But um, the silent treatment, oh man, the emotional abuse from silent treatment. What would happen is, you know, my dad, um, sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, but we're going to talk about it. You know, just the constant Christian upbringing of, you know, 
if if I came if I if my dad came home and I was listening to secular music, he would throw my CD player outside and like just smash my CDs. You know, just absolutely off the wall treatment of like it's my way or the highway. Um, and if yeah. I didn't go to church on Sundays, he would be pissed at me for the rest of the day. Even I mean, I remember he my mom we skipped church and he didn't talk to my mom for two weeks. And I thought Mm. that was normal. It was like, my dad needs to go in his cave and, you know, figure, you know, come calm down. And he wouldn't talk to us for two weeks. Like that's emotional abuse. So no wonder in the future, fast forwarding, if I didn't feel approved from my boss, I would go, you know, number one, to stuff that emotional, it would trigger all of the emotions that my dad would bring up, which is the anxious attachment and not feeling good enough. And, oh no, I'm not perfect. And so therefore my dad abandons me. You know, that's, that's basically the wiring that I had. And so if I didn't experience that, uh, an, an approval from a man, women was fine because I had that relationship with my mom was solid, but men, if, whether it was dating or my boss, you know, a boss, I, if I didn't get their approval, it was just straight to the fridge. Mm-hmm. If something happened where I mm-hmm. wasn't perfect, it was straight to the fridge. And because I did, I, number one, I couldn't express my emotions because I had no boundaries and I couldn't, I was too scared to use my voice. So I would stuff it with, with food, even though it was healthy food. And same with my dad, when, if I wasn't perfect, like I would just be in so much shame. And then that silent treatment, (laughs) no wonder I had these issues that I did with people in my life um, and trying to people please, right? And always, you know, with emotional eaters, people pleasing is a very normal behavior because you're trying to, again, seek their approval to get that worthiness. My dad, it was very, you know, even on holidays with with Christmas, we would start with a Bible, like we would read the Bible and we would have a nativity scene instead of a Christmas tree because it was like, no, you need to honor Christ and none of this fun stuff and like magical Christmas stuff because that's fake. And so it was just, it was very hard and cold and it was not loving, which is what real, I feel like true Christianity and Christ-like love should be as unconditional love. And it was none of that. So of course you you wonder why this feeds into toxic perfectionism and worthiness. And, you know, when it's like, well, from the get-go, you're not good enough until you follow Christ the way I want you to. Right. Well, there's the key there, right? Like what trauma does your dad have? And we use the word trauma loosely, but it needs to be used loosely because it's all relative. You know, if a person was raised in a household, they were told to suppress any pleasurable or or, or any desires, let's say, for most of their life. I mean, that's powerful programming. And to be scorned with the possible fear of ending up in hell because you didn't do this thing. I mean, that, that is a perfect allegory for our entire society where people are looking for some greater power to give them permission to do anything, yes. whether it be a politician, a policeman, their parents, God, whatever it is. And I, I don't mean God like source spirit. I mean the, right. the, the theologies, that yeah. the stories behind the theologies that govern our lives as young children. So I wonder if your dad grew up in a similar household and... It's kind of all he knew, and that's not to, to right. justify how he treated you or, or your mom or whatever, but it does help us understand that, like, gosh, again, nobody has it figured out. And as a parent now, I'm like, gosh, how do I make this kid not feel, my two kids now, my two little girls, how do I make them not ashamed of their bodies, of how they pursue the things that they desire, but also keep them from, like, jumping in the coals, you know? And it's a tricky balance, but... Right. I don't know if it, as parents, if we realize just how how detrimental yeah. 
this programming can be and how it makes us so guilty and so shameful of how we live our lives that even something as simple as pursuing the simplest desires are no longer an option because heaven forbid we don't go to heaven for that or or you know we gain a little bit of belly fat or whatever else i mean it's just a constant battle so undoing that programming i guess has been a lot of your i don't know let's say past 10 years would you would you say that that's pretty fair oh yeah oh yeah it's yeah, I've been working on it for a long, long time. I'm like, wow, geez, like, you know, and my dad's not a bad guy. You know, he's a good like human. He's just an extreme yeah. Christian. And you would I'm like, it's crazy how that gets in there. And, you know, you just discover there's it's just so deep. And um I, I mean, I remember even my sister one day, my sister wasn't living, you know, in alignment with what my dad wanted. And she she almost got in a car accident, a fatal car accident, barely missed it by a smidge. And my dad was like, you know, if you would have died in that car accident, you would have gone straight to hell. Like a seventh grader, my dad. And, and that is when I disconnected from my dad fully. And you wonder why people are like, peace to religion, peace out to, uh, your parents. And even though it was a beautiful, like I needed that in my life, apparently with my purpose, for whatever reason, right? It all leads into like our purpose, but that pushed me away from Christianity, from religion. It pushed me away from my dad and it pushed me into California to figure things out on my own. I'm like, this is not love. This is not, I don't care what you say. You don't, you don't talk to your kids that way. No. So I had this resentment towards my dad. I had resentment towards religion and I pushed myself into California to just open up and so I was disconnected from spirit. That was another thing is I completely disconnected from any spiritual thing of any kind. Cause I was like, no, I need to, I need to just take a break from this. And so, you know, anything that had anything to do with faith and I just, it was a trigger. It still is to this day when I say God, it still triggers me. Uh, so I'm working, that's what I'm working on. But, um, it was all beautiful and it all worked out because I had pushed myself away and I got, again, disconnected that when I continued to just have these voids, I would fill it with food. That's all I would do. Like it was because it was healthy food and that's all I knew. And then it was every other area in life, finances, right? Like how you do everything is, or how you do one thing is how you do everything. And um, I remember I interviewed Trisha Nelson. She's like, girl, you don't have an eating problem. You have a living problem because Mm. you are constantly trying to get approval from men that you're dating or the boss or, you know, fill a void outside of yourself that is connected within you spiritually that you lost because your dad pushed you away from it. And so I was, I remember I racked up like 30 grand in, um, in, uh, credit card debt while I was there too, because I was like, F it, I'm going to go have fun and live my life. And I'm going to take that snowboard trip. That's five grand that I don't really have in my budget, but F it, I'm going to go live because I was looking for love outside of myself, continuing to try and find love outside myself versus finding it within and being like, I don't need to go spend five grand. I'll just go out for a hike in nature and go take care of myself and rest and sleep and go connect with a friend. But I was like, no F it. I'm going to go live. And I, you know, it was just like dopamine hit after dopamine hit to fill something that I was, I had pushed away a long time ago and got so disconnected from. So, I mean, it trickled into every area of my life. Which looking back again, it was all, it was all perfect. Cause now I'm, I put on the summit and it's amazing. It was just freaking amazing. I'm so proud of it and all the answers that are within it. But I was just, it was, I was so unaware that I was, I was trying to just find love in every other way that I could uh, because of yeah. that, that disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
if your story isn't inspiration enough for somebody to just consider that we are all doing our best here and that we need one another and we need to be connected with open-minded, not even necessarily like-minded people, but people that are just willing to sit in the discomfort of being alive, especially as adults in the United States, where we've become so accustomed to somebody telling us what we can and can't do that to swipe that away and to meet other people that are like, yeah, you have a power of your own. And you don't realize that power until you go into the woods. Like I said, I mean, you could be shirtless, you could be shoeless, whatever. Lean against a tree, put your hands over your heart or your lower dantian and just breathe with the tree. It sounds so woo-woo, but it's because you haven't done it. And if you have done it, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that reconnecting with who you are. It's, it's, it's connecting with your soul, your etheric body, And breathing into that space and just honoring the fact that you're alive, that there's a heart beating, that you've got blood coursing through you, prana chi, call it what you will, and that you are an autonomous being. And you don't need to live in a state of of distress or guilt or shame. But it takes years and years and years of deconditioning out of that that paradigm that our parents and society has ingrained in us. So in your work with the summit, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about... um, about how you're moving forward. Like who is Aaron Smith now? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and just to go back to what you said that just totally resonated was that I I interviewed Angela Bell for this, um, which was worthiness and like toxic perfectionism. And she's like, you know, people who toxic perfectionists are always trying to increase their worthiness. And she's like, you're trying to do that. This was, you know, when I was first getting coaching from her and she's like, Hmm you know, your worthiness doesn't ever change. You can't change it. And I was like, what? Yes, you can. You can, you can do it. You can change it. She's like, no, you can't. It is set from the moment you are born. Your worthiness is like a stake in the ground. You can't change it. Everything else is an experience of your worth. And when your worthiness is, when you connect to your worthiness, that you are a divine, freaking, incredible, powerful human that came here for a reason, not to just show up and just live like a floating leaf. You came here for a reason. When you tap into that and you connect to that, which is through nature, through spirit, through, you know, all the way through breath work, through love, through connection, she's like, your life will change. And, but you have to understand that you can't change your worthiness. But when you real, when you truly see that everything else will change around you as your worthiness changes, everything will change around you. Yeah. Which was just such, such a beautiful thing. And that was probably one of the most pivotal points for me in moving forward is that you don't have to earn it. It is by being born, you are worth everything. And to rewire that, just be like, I can just show up and be me today. I don't have to do anything and and I'm worthy. That's, that's like a mind blower for most women because we're so used to, you know, doing all the things. And, um, and also too, talking about the etheric body too, I interviewed Bobby Vogel who, and Zach Bush talks about this a lot too, um, which is, all the answers are inside of you as much as there's so much support and, and like people like you who are getting information out into the world, it's all inside you. The answers are all inside and you got to connect. You got to connect to that. Um, and no one else can do it for you. And your own answers are unique, are unique to your own divine body, soul, purpose, everything, and how powerful breath work is at the core because we're light beings and how, how powerful and important that is for your etheric body and for wellness. And that's anyways. So I just want to touch on that. Um, And so that's what I've learned in moving forward is the things that I had no awareness about 
pulling those into my everyday life now. I mean, because once you expand, right, you can't go back. Once you learn these things, you can't go back. That's the beauty of this part. It just builds on itself. Yeah. You can't go back once you start seeing behind no. the curtain. Yeah. No, but I do. I notice there's moments where I, ca- I catch myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling triggered of feeling unsafe or feeling scarce. That, that wiring can, you know, it pops up every once in a while, but I can catch it so much faster. And I'm like, I'm not breathing. Yeah. Okay, remember what Josh said. Put your hand over your heart and just breathe. Take three deep breaths, you know, because I get so excited. Like right now, I'm probably not breathing as deep as Josh would want me to because I am so excited to be with you and I get really fired up. But, you know, there's days where I catch myself where I, I rush or I, and then I'm like, okay, it's okay. Like to tell yourself, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to not get it all yeah. done. Um, so I've learned in moving forward, Slowing the fuck down uh, is everything. Breathing, nature, connection to yourself every day in some way, whatever that is for you, because I know we all have different lives, but just connection and connection with other people and making sure yeah. you're getting hugs and love and you're face to face with people and you're not trapped behind a computer all day working behind a laptop, even though there's moments for that because everything's online now and we got to do that. But I noticed when I was my biggest emotional eating of just cycles would be when I had no connection to nature or people, no hugs, no, no, uh, no sunlight. When I was trapped in indoors, um, high stressed, no sleep and not feeling in my purpose and not feeling feminine. So all of that like was shut down. And so for me, as much as I can on the daily, just the breathing, the slowing down, the connection to joy, all the things that you can't see. That's, you know, that's my, that's my focus now. And, um, really meditating and seeing myself as this, like, like seeing the freaking sparkling gold in my veins as a, as a freaking miraculous, mm-hmm. beautiful creature that's made of light, right? Like seeing that and seeing, you know, the power of what we can create and manifest when we're tapped into that and just, focusing on just making sure I connect with myself every day. And when I don't, at least I can catch myself faster. And I notice um, all of the emotional eating starts to fade away because the more you fill your own self up and the more you fill your own cup up and the more you slow down and the more you connect like that, that you're filling your soul, you're, you're reconnecting to yourself. That's really what we're craving is we're craving us. And so the more you can connect, the emotional stuff, the emotional eating falls away because you're, you're grounded in you and you're connected to you and you filled your cup up that you're, you're nourished from the inside out. So the other stuff starts to fall away naturally. And so that's how yeah. for me, I'm, I'm, I've, you know, the weight, the 30 pound weight gain up and downs that I had fell away. You just naturally want to nourish yourself with whole food. You don't care about the diet dogmas. You're just like, I know that organic whole food and healthy fats, you know, is that's, it doesn't matter what diet, just get whole food. Like knowing that was a huge shift for me, cooking for myself, nourishing myself, and then spending time with people and slowing down. That's what brought the weight loss. It wasn't like, go work out and friggin' go kill yourself and do a fast. And it was, it was the complete opposite of what I had done in the past. So that's when the weight really fell off and it stayed off. And granted, I go lift weights now, um, like four days a week. I do CrossFit and yoga, which, like, uh, again, that's just my natural athlete. But I, I do it because it's my it. 
because my body, I'm like, I love my body versus punishing it. And I want to be strong because of the state of the world. I want to be strong and I want to be, I just, I, my vibrations are so high and I do it for the way that it makes me feel. And so all the results come naturally when you just are like, no, I freaking love you body. I love you. Thank you for everything you are. Thank you for, for like holding me up over these 41 years of my life. And just, it's focusing on nourishing versus neglecting. That's when stuff started to change. So the more I focus on nourishing and nurturing, that's when everything changed. Yeah. It kind of goes without saying that most women are taking a prenatal vitamin in pregnancy. But what would surprise you is that about 95% of women who are taking prenatal vitamins still have nutrient deficiencies. So why is that? Well, it's because when you walk down the aisle at your grocery store and you look at the prenatal vitamins, they're all designed to meet the very bare minimum needs. And your body's a temple. Like, this matters. Nutrition matters in pregnancy. So it's super exciting to me that the founders of Needed, Julie and Ryan, they've come up with a solution to this. They've got a a new prenatal multivitamin I'd like to share with you. And it includes 14 vitamins, 11 minerals, and it's loaded with an antioxidant-rich organic fruit and veggie blend. I can't recommend it enough. Needed is thoughtful about every nutrient form and dosage they use. And they're... Prenatal multi includes 900 micrograms of methylfolate, which is important to the formation of the neural tube. So this is actually what we supplement to avoid neural tube defects, anencephaly, etc. in pregnancy. 200 micrograms of the optimal forms of B12 for energy, or 4,000 international units of vitamin D to support your immunity, and the full 550 milligrams of the recommended daily allowance for choline, which supports the baby's brain development. You simply can't find that spectrum of nutrition in one to two pills that you get over the counter or in a handful of gummy vitamins. So fortunately, Needed makes this awesome prenatal multi. It's easy to take. It comes in a vanilla-flavored powder. You can pop it in your smoothie, in your oatmeal, or any other pregnancy-friendly foods. So go to thisisneeded.com and find out why Needed is trusted by 10,000 perinatal health practitioners and mamas alike in order to support optimal pregnancy outcomes. And then if you're a listener of the Holistic OBGYN podcast, the deal gets sweeter. You can use code BELOVED, B-E-L-O-V-E-D, to save 20% off your first order at thisisneeded.com. Let's get back to the show. One thing I wanted to explore a little bit there is it gets into the chakra system of mm. Ayurveda, Tantra, and, and most people in the United States, and this goes back to your life in Newport Beach or my life in LA, where you want to keep up with the... Uh, you know, the, the movie stars and everything else. You want to look good. You want to feel good. You want to be kicking it and uh, be able to be the every man or every woman in your case. Yeah. It emerges when I, when I start, you know, meeting with clients, they're like, they look good. They, they say they look and feel good, but something's off. And you do like a full review of systems and you find that like, oh my gosh, you have significant issues below the heart, you know, your yeah. first and second chakras. And when you actually look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it kind of corresponds with this, but that first level of security, yeah. that I'm not good enough, the I'm not smart enough, I'm never going to be as blank as that person, uh, that really, really hurts us. And I think many, many people don't want to be that person. They don't want to have to strive for, for perfection. 
but they're in a they're in a society or in a family or whatever else that pushes them in that direction without them feeling like it's even in line with them. So one of the first things I ask people is, first off, your second chakra is directly related to your reproductive system. So when people come to me with fertility issues or PCOS or abnormal periods or whatever else, we do a, a chakra load and it's like, bam, your second chakra and almost almost invariably also your first chakra are there in in and uh, in in, dis, in a state of disrepair. And the first question I have is like, where are you trying to go? And most people don't really know. They're just doing the things that they that they think people expect them to do. That is a uh, energetically that is a, it is something. It doesn't matter how much you're sleeping, your how well you're eating, and everything else. If you're not in alignment with what your soul's path is, because you haven't checked in, then you're just running on the rat, you know, on on the on the wheel. You're just going towards some destination off in the distance. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know where you're going. You're just running. And um, running without direction should leave you feeling insecure because you're not working towards anything. You're not trying to fulfill some specific archetype that is really in alignment with who you are. So to go back to your example of a mother, you may want to be with your baby 24-7. You may want to sleep in the bed with them. You may want to breastfeed them. You may not even want to have to wear a shirt. You want to just be skin to skin with this baby girl. And my wife was, was very much in this boat, but my wife listens to herself. And she's like, I don't want to be apart from her. And so fortunately, she doesn't work. She was actually training to be a pilot, and she gave up the whole career path. She was wow. a private license. She was working on some the higher instrumentation ratings and wanted to be a commercial pilot. And she decided that's not in alignment with who I want to be. But had she continued on that path and been pumping and been trying to care for a baby, and this is not for everybody. This is for my wife specifically. She would have ended up with a, a first chakra issue. And, and that's because she would be acting out of alignment with what her real securities are, which is having this little girl on her chest and smelling her all day long. Like there's an important connection there. That's not every, but every woman's path. But I say all of that to illustrate that, man, until we get that first chakra figured out, the second chakra, we can't expect it to be firing in all cylinders. And everything above that, it works from bottom up in my experience. You end up with all kinds of other issues because you haven't established that I have enough and I'm good enough just being here, being still, and like having my baby on my heart. Yeah. Beautiful. And this manifests in so many ways, so many ways. So when you're down in Newport Beach and you're like, God, I really just want to sit down with a book of poetry or paint something on the beach. But man, like I ate that cake yesterday and I got to go and work out. So instead of doing the things that you're really being called to do when you woke up in the morning, you're now back on the wheel trying to achieve some impossibly perfect state based on other people's value systems. And it kind of gets back to, I mean, your whole story is captured in this. And I know that it's, it's safe for me to share that with you because you've been thoughtful about these things, but it can be very confronting. It can be very confronting. Like, are you really doing what you want to do? Yeah. Like, I know, I know you like having the abs and everything, but are you really stopping and checking in? And most people aren't, including me, including you. Like I still am working on this. We're all a work in progress. Oh, yeah. I mean, I interviewed Mindy Pels on this, the rushing women syndrome. And also, (laughs) uh, yeah, there's a book on it. Yeah. Um, And then I also interviewed Josephina Beshout, literally talking about the root chakra. And for me, that was shut down for I don't know how many years. And I know that my disconnection to that, again, it was a reason that I was grabbing for the food because 
she talks about we don't prioritize as women joy, pleasure, sex, slowing down again, and how she notices with her clients whenever we don't focus on that chakra and whenever we don't prioritize it, everything in life gets off, scattered, there's drama, there's things that happen, everything's just uh, misaligned and not in flow. And she talks about how when you can actually turn that around and prioritize that chakra and prioritize pleasure, how much that everything else around you changes. Again, because you're slowing down to say, I'm worth it. I'm slowing down to say, this is important. And that's where all our power is. That is where all the power is. She's like, do you guys realize we birth life out of us? That is our power center. And we are not paying attention to it because we've been trained to think that pleasure is like, that only comes last at the end of the day you know, when you're exhausted and you just have to, you know, have sex with your husband because you're tired. It's like, what are we doing? That is our, that is our, that is, that is like the power is right there. And I had had that thing shut off for so long. And when I just, again, just started prioritizing nourishing and loving and connection, everything in my life, like the stress that I had, my work randomly magically started to get done. Like I ended up, you can bend time. When you shift your worthiness like that, you can bend time. Things will get done. People will come out of the woodwork to help speed speed whatever help you need or help with the, whatever processes you need or life, whatever it is. Like life will start to show up for you when you start prioritizing that. And that's where all the power is. Like why, yeah. why are we not talking about this more? And that's why I love coming yeah. on with you because you talk about it all the time, all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, Nathan, yes keep talking about this. Like I love all the things. Oh my gosh, they're perfect. It's like pounding my head against the wall. Yeah. People are like, they, they're, they see you, they work in consultation. We have 90 minutes together. And then like a next week, it's like, so how's the homework going? And, uh, it's like, well, I, you know, I, I haven't really gotten around to it. And it's like, I can't, I can't right. do much more than this. You know, it's still right. going to require you to own the responsibility to embrace who it is that you are. I can't motivate you to do that. It's scary to do that. It's scary to be confronted with. I mean, like, let's look at sexuality. Like for somebody to admit, I love having sex. Like what a freaking, like that has been so stigmatized, but why not? Why shouldn't you enjoy having sex? It feels great. And beautiful babies come out of it. But whoa, you're telling me to have sex, to have a baby. I'm not ready to have a baby. Like, well, do you feel like you want to have a baby? Yeah, but I'm not in the right place for that okay, (laughs) so let's take a step back and let's evaluate, like, where are you going? And when is it going to be the right time to have a baby? And I mean, I'm spitballing here. Of course, there's, there's, this is a complex conversation, but it's like, gosh, for us to be shamed into not wanting to have sex because of the possible guilt that we have about having a baby too soon, because that derails us from our career path is like, whoa, we have our priorities, especially in this westernized nation. Man, do we have our priorities out of whack, right. you know? Right. And and then you see the women that are like, gosh, I had a baby and I lost myself and, and I lost my connection to everything because I sacrificed everything for my kid. And granted, moms are the hardest, literally the hardest job in the world. Don't get me wrong. And dads, don't get me wrong. But they, my sister experienced this where all she saw was her her mom sacrificing herself. My sister has never put herself first. She's got adrenal fatigue, anxiety. She's got in chronic level uh, level 10 pain. And she still won't, she still doesn't think I deserve to take an hour to go see my holistic yeah. doctor. I feel guilty. And yeah. the um, and then sex is like, just get it over with. And I'm like, whoa, like, the, Man. If, 
whoa, right? Like, and so I'm, and and I know there's moments where parenting is the hardest job in the world and you're not going to sleep. My sister's like, honey, you just wait till you become a parent and you don't sleep, then we'll talk. But, you know, (laughs) but I'm like, but, but I know that I've seen the moms that prioritize their self-love and their connection to themselves first and how much that shifts into the family, into the relationship, into, and it pours, you can pour and, and your relationships are so much better when you just prioritize yourself. You honor like the power, like the beautiful divine creature that you are. I think so many moms just don't even realize I just had a baby, you know, it's like, you just had a baby. Like, this is a celebration. We don't celebrate it. We don't honor it enough. We don't celebrate enough. Again, that's why I love all the work that you do talks about it. Where is the celebration of life? And and again, where's the celebration of ourselves? I would never celebrate myself. And no wonder I was reaching for the food because again, I had lost all connection to myself and include, I didn't have sex Mm. for, I don't even know. It was like a, probably at least three years. And so that's another reason that I was like, I'm clearly filling a void with, because I've lost connection. Cause I, you know, I just wasn't interested in dating anyone. I didn't, I didn't like, I was just like, eh, you know, all these guys are okay. But I, you know, I, and I, and then, but I'm like, oh my gosh, the, you need that sexual health. It's so important. Yeah. And, and yeah. how I was reaching for food if I, because I had lost that again. Yeah. So many things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Gosh, as always, we could go on, we could talk yeah. for hours and hours, Miss Aaron. We're coming up on an hour here, so time flies. Uh, yeah. What are some thoughts that you additional thoughts that have been like right on the right on your chomper there that you want to share with my audience? And how can people find you? Thank you. Well, I mean, this the summit is on whatwecrave.com. Um, it launches. It'll launch every you know couple of months, and it'll be able to be available here coming up pretty soon as well. Um, so just you know, if you get on the email list, you'll get notified. But, you know, my personal Instagram is at that health chick and it's really just a list. It's just my favorite quotes. So it's nothing. There's some footage of there of what we crave, but it's really just my favorite quotes that I love because I'm kind of a quote freak. Um, (laughs) But you can find me there. (laughs) And, you know, I think um, one of the questions that I always ask on my interviews with all the experts that I ask is, what do you think we're really craving? Mm. So when we're reaching for the food, like, what is it that we're really craving? And I ask that to every single person and every single person has a different answer, but it always comes back to the same thing, which is you're craving you. And it doesn't matter if it's Mm. food, if it's addiction to porn or, you know, gambling or, um, drugs, alcohol, it doesn't matter. Um, shopping. Yeah. It does not matter that you're craving you and you're craving to feel alive. Because I notice when we yeah. feel our most alive, we're not thinking about food. When you're at a wedding dancing your ass off, you're not thinking about food. When you're at your favorite football game and you're yelling and you're screaming and you're hugging people and you, you know, you're not thinking about food. When you're at a celebration, no. when you're watching witnessing birth, like witnessing my sister's home birth was the most beautiful, powerful thing I had ever witnessed. What I was truly connected and it brought me to tears. I probably cried more than she did witnessing a home birth. And I'm literally, I have chills all over my body right now because Aww. I was so connected to like the beautiful power that we are. And um, it was so beautiful. And this little baby comes out of my sister and it just, you know, so peaceful in this water birth. It was so peaceful. And the baby just put, they put the baby on my sister's chest and the baby just looked up at her. 
and it wasn't mm. crying. So uh, immediately we think the baby's not breathing. Hey, you know, what's going, what's wrong? And it's like, no, he's fine. You know, cause it's the Western medicine training of, Oh, he's yeah. not, he didn't come yeah. out crying. So something's wrong. No, he was happy and peaceful. And he just rests on mom for the first time. And he looks up at, at mom, and I got to witness that. I just lost my shit. I was just like, if that isn't like what life is all about is that beautiful moment. And Zach talks about this a lot. It's like witnessing beauty. You know, I think we're all craving a connection to each other that like just a lot of people won't, they don't go deep enough. And Zach, Zach goes deep, which is why everyone loves him is like witnessing the beauty of just in the present moment and feeling alive in that moment. We're too busy just trying to get the dopamine hits on our phone and, and, Mm -hmm. um, distraction that like when we can actually be so present and we're craving, that's what we're craving. And we're, and that makes us feel alive. Like being present in the moment with whatever it is, you feel so alive. And whether that's through nature, through movement, sunshine, again, putting your hand on your heart, whatever it is, but you are craving to feel alive and nutritionally too, right? Like we, we, we take stuff in that makes us feel alive and that shifts our vibration. And you don't think about food when your vibrations are high. So it's like, we're all just craving to feel alive and your soul is craving to feel alive in purpose. And so if you can just focus on those things, which again, have nothing to do with what's in the mainstream, which I I love because the mainstream, it's just, you can just see it. It's so toxic. Yeah. you know, on the news everywhere and just the divisiveness and all that shit. It's like, put all that stuff away and just go inward. We could literally change the world in a second. If yeah. we just focus on ourselves and, and, and what we need for our own healing, we could change everything. And that's just, we are craving to feel alive and we lost that somewhere along the way. And so focus on that and Beautiful. watch life change. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank You're you. Thank you for having me. I get, I just, this is my favorite thing. I, and again, I'm not thinking about food cause I'm in purpose with you. Like I love this so much. Oh yeah. my God. Like all day, every day. So thank you for having me. I can't agree more. Well, thank you, Aaron. We'll put all of the links and, and all of the stuff, all of the things on uh, the show notes. Uh, I'm very grateful to have you as a friend, Aaron, and um, we'll be in touch soon. You know it. Thank you. I hope you love that conversation with Aaron. Aaron and I are going to be very good friends for a long time. I'm going to eventually be on her What We Crave Emotional Eating Summit. And uh, I think it's very relevant to what we do here at the Holistic OBGYN, the podcast, as well as in my own practice, because a lot of people don't need more information. They actually need help with motivation and changing their habitual daily lifestyle patterns in order to live the best life. And if we don't take care of ourselves, how are we possibly going to take care of other people? I always think back to my medical training and my years of experience in the hospital. Of course, I'm not in the conventional model anymore, intentionally. I remember thinking while I was in residency, like, gosh, this is the best we can do to care for women who are going through this incredible transformation of spirit for both them and their babies in birth. And I remember thinking, Doctors have been abusing their bodies and their minds and their hearts and their emotional, the flow of of their emotional energy for years because they have to work hard. The system demands that you work 100-hour weeks for many, many years. In med school, we go through like a textbook every two weeks. Imagine that. You're cramming so much information in that big, beautiful brain of yours. And you start off med school and you're probably doing fairly well, right? But then you have these bender weekends where you're just like, 
guzzling booze because you're just so overwhelmed by the monumental task of becoming a doctor. And then you move on to your clinical rotations and you just got people pushing you around and bossing you around and you're doing grunt work and you're the bottom, the low man on the totem pole. Everybody knows that med students don't really have it yet. You've got the information, but you're not practicing it. So you're just ramping up the amount of time that you're focusing on other people and letting your own health fail. Then you move on to residency and then you're really talking about 100-hour work weeks. You lie on your on your timesheet just so that you can stay in compliance with the law and the policies of your program. And anybody out there who doesn't believe that, trust me, <laughs> that's actually what's happening because it's not just 100 hours of, of time in the hospital. You also then have to go home and study your specialty now. Move on to fellowship, it's no better. And then in that whole that whole process, it's like 15 years of your life, if not more, you've neglected your own health. And then you go and you try to take care of people but you've got no reserve. Your body's broken down. Your spirit is broken down. And all you want to do is get home and like slump on the couch and eat ice cream because you're just so depleted. So it's no wonder that so many doctors are overweight. They're undernourished. They're sleep deprived. And, and now they're the ones that are going to be coming to the bedside in order to help a person reclaim their health. Like it just doesn't work. That's why our system is so broken. So what do these doctors need? They don't need more information. They have all of the information out there. And likewise, our patients are overwhelmed with information. There's so many books. There's so many podcasts. There's so much reading online, forums, chat groups. You've got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Everything's, everybody's throwing information at you. So it's not, a, not a, necessarily a lack of education or information. It's really a lack of stopping, looking inward, and asking yourself, what is it that I need right now? And I think if more of if more people would adopt the types of practices that Aaron is talking about, I think we would all be so much better. So Aaron, thank you so much for giving some of your time. I am so blessed to have you in my life and I hope that we can become friends and continue to be friends for many, many years. If you want to work with me, The Holistic Obituary, I'm Dr. Nathan Riley. Beloved Holistics is my website. I have a collaborator program there where you can sign up as a midwife, doctor, doula, chiropractor, healthcare professional of any sort, fitness coach, check practitioner, you name it. If you want an MD consultant to help keep your clients and patients outside of the conventional model until they absolutely need acute care, right? There's good reason to have hospitals, but they're not the best at preventing disease or maintaining health necessarily. They're good when you have like a knife you're through your head or you've got a severe infection, you're about to you go into cardiovascular collapse. But what about the prevention? What about the, the lifestyle stuff? That's where you guys, my people, come into play. But I also want to be able to give you some insight from the allopathic side of things. So you can find my collaborator program there. It's a monthly, reasonable monthly fee, and you can reach out to me with anything. I'll review labs, imaging, whatever. Order medications for some people, or even recommend surgery sometimes. But instead of going into the system and getting kind of bounced around, let's, let's start at what is your body craving? The way I view health is disease is a manifestation of you falling out of harmony with your surroundings. So we need to give your body, your body, spirit, soul, the resources to reharmonize with its surroundings. It's, it's, it's as simple as that, but that also is far more complicated than the healthcare system makes it, makes it seem. It's not that you're lacking, that you're deficient in some pharmaceutical or deficient in surgery necessarily. And so I have that. You can also work with me one-on-one -on -one in consultation. I care for people before, during, and after pregnancy. You can find me there. If you want to find the show notes, 
go to holisticofjoannepod.com. We'll have everything about Aaron and any references we've made from the show. We'll have it all linked there for you. Nice and tidy. Uh, undergoing some renovations in the two websites. So you'll see some big changes happening, some new gifts available as well to newsletter subscribers. And remember, we got two sponsors here. Supportthisisneeded.com, code beloved will get you 20% off your purchase. Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, code beloved will get you 20% off there as well. Stock up on some of the best nutritional products on the market, made by conscious people with great intentions who are not here just to maximize profits. They're actually here to see people get better and see the world improve for the better in the future, for future generations. So until next time, this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN, and I will see you all very soon. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!